0: Breaking news from The Athletic. This is David O'Brien from The Athletic with breaking news. Braves first baseman Freddie Freeman is the 2020 National League Most Valuable Player, an award that was announced Thursday night and was presented by Braves great Dale Murphy, who himself won back to back MVP awards for Atlanta in 1982 1983. Uh, Freeman finished ahead of the other finalists, the Dodgers Mookie Betts and the Padres Manny Machado to win the fifth MVP award for a Brave since the team moved to Atlanta from Milwaukee in 1966. Fourth different Brave, fifth award, because Murphy got the two. I'm with Megan Montemuro, who covers the Phillies for The Athletic, and she's among the 30 baseball writers who had an MVP vote. I was another of those. Uh, Megan, I voted for Freddie. Um, Did you?
1: Yeah, I did. And for me, it seemed pretty clear-cut that you know, across the board, regardless of whether you're looking at, you know, traditional statistics or advanced. I mean, he, he just had a pretty dominant year.
0: You've certainly seen plenty of Freddie Freeman. What, what were your thoughts on this year's MVP race? And at what point did you think it was pretty clear in your mind who was going to win it, who you were going to vote for?
1: Yeah, for me heading into like the last two weeks of the season, I felt, you know, Freddie had done a pretty good job of separating himself from the other main contenders, which, you know, in my mind, were Mookie Betts, um, Manny Machado, and Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, And for me, I I think it was just because he he did everything. I mean, he hit for average – he got on base. Um, he thrived with runners in scoring position. And so for me, he, his game was just a complete package this year.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you brought up Tatis because I thought he was the one guy that was going to give Freddie his, his, a run for it. And then he really fell off in the last two or three weeks of the season. To that point, I had him and uh, Freddie 1-2 or 1-2, you know, either way you want to go. But I uh, I thought Tatis was going to be the guy. And then he just uh, really came apart down the, down the stretch. And that was when Betts kind of, you know, kept – going with his thing. And then Machado kind of surprised me that he was in the top three, but uh, that's where, that's who the the finalists were. And we should point out, it's not really, I mean, they call them finalists, but the voting was already done. They just announced the top three a week ago and called them the finalists, but the voting was already done. We didn't redo the vote, you know, at that point. Um, So in addition to Murphy's two MVPs, Terry Pendleton won the award in 1991 in the Braves famous worst of first season. Uh, When he finished, they had a Barry Bonds in the balloting. That was the only time in a four-year span that Bonds didn't win the award. And then uh, Bonds went on another MVP spree after getting um, considerably larger late in his career. (laughs) The other Braves MVP award was by Chipper Jones in 99. And that was the last one for them when Jones led the Braves to their fifth NL pennant of the 90s. Uh, and they lost for the fourth time in the World Series in the 90s, but he had an incredible second half that that year. Interestingly, Pendleton and and Chipper Jones, some trivia here, the year they won the MVP, neither one of them was an all-star. That's how good they were in the second half. (laughs) So uh, the Braves didn't get to the World Series this time. They fell two two runs shy, took the Dodgers to seven games in the NLCS after blowing 2-0 and 3-1 series leads, but... It certainly wasn't Freeman's fault. No one played a bigger part in the Braves winning their third NL East, third straight NL East title than Freddie, um, and in them picking up their first two playoff series wins since 2001. Before falling short in the NLCS, he hit 341 career best, led the majors with 37 extra base hits, including 13 home runs, and, and played all 60 games. Drove in 53. His 462 OBP, 640 slugging, and an 1102 OPS, each ranked second in the majors behind the Dodge, the Nationals, Juan Soto, who played in 13 fewer games. I thought Soto, if he'd have had 55 games, I thought Soto would have really been an interesting, uh, uh, given, given Freddie a lot more of a run. But it wasn't until the last week of the season that Soto even qualified for batting title and stuff because he missed time at the start of the year for uh, COVID 19.
1: Yeah. And, you know, he he was hurt from, you know, the start of the season, not getting, you know, having to sit out. And you're right. As I looked at those numbers, even yeah. when I was filling out my ballot, I was trying to figure out where to put Soto because I felt like games played really mattered this year when you're only playing right. uh, 60 of them, you know, Freeman played in all 60. Um, and as much as you don't want to hold something against a guy in Soto with, with the testing stuff, I mean, you got to factor that in. So for me, it really came down to Freeman and, and Mookie Betts once Tatis started cooling off. Because like you said, I was in that same spot where I was I was giving Tatis a hard look as September progressed. And then once he kind of hit in a slump, um, you know, Freddie really shined. And I think it's important to remember, too, because I feel like this happens after any major award, you know, these are voted on before the playoffs yes. start. So,
0: yes, good
1: uh, bets is postseason isn't a factor in this,
0: right? Just like manager of the year, that kind of thing. People are always going, How did Madeline get it? They lost in the first, these are voting. This voting is strictly for regular season. All these awards that the BBWA hands out and most other awards that anybody hands out because there are awards given for postseason for, you know, uh, for each series has an MVP, that kind of thing. So, uh, you alluded to, uh, you referred to Freddie's runners in scoring position. He had four twenty three with a fourteen sixty eight OPS with runners in scoring position. That was nearly hundred points higher in the OPS than the next best in the NFL in the uh, in, in MLB, which was Soto's thirteen seventy four. Uh, Betts he had two ninety two had twenty six extra base hits, including sixteen homers, nine twenty seven OPS in his first season with the Dodgers. Former AL MVP. Uh, with Boston, he drove in 39 runs, had 10 stolen bases and won gold glove and silver slugger awards for the fifth consecutive season. Won both of those five straight years. Um, what I felt, what Fred made Freddie's performance, even all the more impressive was the fact that he nearly began the season on the COVID-19 injured list. Soto curiously, Soto was on the COVID list, but he never had symptoms. He tested positive at the, for the, before the hours before the opening, uh, season opener, And he missed a couple of weeks. Freddie had a fever of 104.5, two weeks. This was at the start of summer camp. He missed all but the last five days of summer camp. Had symptoms for a week, dizziness, fatigue, high fever for three days. His fever was so high that, in fact, he said that the night he had 104.5 fever— he said he actually prayed to God not to take him. He was worried. And he said if the fever had not subsided some the next morning, he knew his wife was going to call the ambulance. His wife was not aware that it was that high that night. He said she, uh, if she had known, she would have. But anyway, that's just to point how bad his bout was. It was much worse than than anybody else I've heard, a young, you know, a young athlete uh, in baseball, th- the symptoms that he had. So to have him come back after only five days of seeing live pitching three exhibition games or three uh, inter-squad games and two exhibitions against the Marlins, and then he's in their opening day against a Grom. So I thought that made it even the more impressive because he didn't start out strong at all. He started out like a guy that rushed back too soon from COVID.
1: Yeah. And adding to that, I mean, the Phillies had a situation with Scott Kingery where he mm-hmm. got it um, and reported late to summer camp. He had symptoms when he had it. And mm-hmm. you could just see from his play and from what he talked about that it took him a really long time that even like midway through the season, he was still feeling, you know, some bounce back effects in terms of the, you know, trying to kick the fatigue and everything. And so I do think that is uh, adds another layer to, to how impressive Freddie's season was, because as we know, it affects everybody differently, but the fact that, he was able to come back so strongly is is pretty impressive
0: thanks for joining our breaking news coverage go to the athletics new Headlines section for much more on this story to get access to all of the athletics great sports content visit theathletic.com headline pod where you can join for just one dollar per week